Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. Before your favorite AfterBuzz TV after show begins, I'm so excited to tell you that my new cookbook is out. It's called The Every Girl's Guide to Cooking. It's the quickest, fastest, easiest, most amazing recipes for kitchen newbies and chefs alike. Please check out mariamenounos.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, hello! It's the After Buzz TV after show for I Am Kate. Tonight we're talking about season two's premiere called Politically Incorrect, and it was very politically incorrect. <laughs> um, we have a lot to get to. We're going to spice up your lies. Let's do some <laughs> intros, though, first. I'm Jeffrey Masters. I tweet from Jeff Masters one And I am Char Jassel at Char Says So, your favorite friend in your head. <laughs> Hi, Shar. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Uh, I was not expecting what this show brought us. It was a lot in this in this first episode. I wasn't expecting it either. Yeah, they come guns blazing. Really? Yeah. Tell me this. What do you think about the show being labeled as a docu series? Um, they're pretty adamant about it. I feel like they label it docu series to try to get away from the whole uh, reality show aspect because the Kardashians kind of have that reality show market locked down so yeah. to kind of separate I think in an effort to kind of separate Kate from all of that this is a docu it's very own network of her yeah I think they're trying to make it seem like more respectful yes but it's just so funny because it is 100% a reality, a reality show, show. 100%. they're creating situations they're putting the characters in them they've cast her friends who I genuinely, genuinely believe they are actually friends. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's just so funny to me how adamant they are that they, this is a docu-series. <laughs> like, seriously. I know. What do you think about the new cast? We've got Kate Bornstein, who's one of my favorite writers. Well, Kate was on there. She she made a few cameos, you know, last season. Yeah. But uh, the 18-year-old Ella yes. is the newest person. Everybody else was there from last. Oh, and Zachary. Um, Zachary's new, too. Shout out no, to her. No, Zachary was on. I mean, she made a few, like, she well, was on, like, Kate. one episode. Yeah, I'm just so excited to see Kate doing, like, a full-time gig on uh -huh. the show. Just because um, I remember reading her first book, Gender Outlaws, like, four years ago, and having just to put the book down and just process what she was writing. She's, like, really? she's the grandmother, like, of uh, gender studies. Okay. And it was the first time I've heard about something called the gender spectrum. Yes. And it just, like, blew my mind. And then I read her memoir after that, A Queer and Pleasant Danger. And then um, last year they made a documentary about Kate. Uh, and oh, that's, really? Yeah, that's toured on L.A. And I actually met Kate at oh, the awesome. premiere. Uh, the L.A. premiere. It wasn't a big deal. Okay. That's still <laughs> awesome. Um, but, yeah, she's amazing. I've, like, followed her, like, trajectory all along. And it just, like, sparked this whole, like, concept of gender studies, which you don't get on a day-to-day -day basis you in don't. high school and college. So. Um, I am self-taught, but I feel like I'm, like, learning from the best. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, like, so excited to see her. Also, I have to say, like, uh, Kate doesn't fit the mold of, like, a trans person. She, you know, exists within the binary. She doesn't... She does. Yeah, she doesn't consider herself, like, she transitioned and, like, went through the surgery and was like, well, I know I definitely was not a man, but I'm actually mm -hmm. not quite a woman. And I think that's really important for America to see, too. Yes, it's important. What I do enjoy about this cast is it's women from all different uh, walks of life and different fr uh, women in different uh, social classes, so to speak, yeah. financially and where they are in their transition. Some women have been medically transitioning for decades. Some just started, for example, like Caitlyn less than a year ago. And some so, don't want to medically transition. And some don't want to. But I, for this show in particular, I think everybody has medically. I, I believe so. I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but... 
But it is important to note that not every trans woman wants to medically transition. Yeah, totally. And I think that I'm such like a fan of Janet Mock, too, who's like yes. the media sensation. Amazing. She's one of my personal mentors. I always shout her out she, when I do oh, speaking engagements. Oh, I spoke for you. I'm sorry. Yes. No, it's, <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, anybody who's watched this show last season knew uh, and, and knows how much uh, Janet Mock means to me. She, yeah. I call her my possibility model. I love that. So, yeah. I, I think she's amazing. I, I think she her is. show, her so popular, her On MSNBC. MSNBC. Oh, God. It's just, I think, the most insightful show yeah. uh, on the internet. And I think that Janet Mock is a trans woman. I think that she is so fully female that it's still a little bit easier for America to like digest, digest her. Yes. Versus like a Kate Bornstein. I think it's really important for them to know that like Kate is who she is mm-hmm. and that's like... And she's who she wants to be. She's and not I trying like, to become Janet Mock. Right. And I feel like with Janet in particular, as it pertains to my community, like the black community, she's easier to digest as well. Yeah. I feel like she's easier to uh, receive versus and, someone who doesn't fit that mold. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and just to, to be clear to everyone at home, we're saying that for like people who are unfamiliar with like yes. the trans community, they need like the Janet mock to break them in and then they can go further. Mm-hmm. And so people don't, um, conform mm-hmm. as well as other people. Mm-hmm. So I, I love Kate. I think that Ella is just a fascinating addition too. She's gorgeous too. Oh my goodness. That girl <laughs> is a looker. She is gorgeous. Um, I read an interview too that Ella noted that her and Kate, uh, oh, I guess we got to like separate the Caitlyn's now. Caitlyn yeah. Jenner, Caitlyn Boris. Ah, okay. <laughs> and I noticed that Jenny Boylan calls uh, Caitlyn Katie. Katie. So maybe we can say Katie and Kate. Katie. Oh, I'm not <laughs> on that close with her yet. Maybe next episode. <laughs> I'm informal with Caitlyn Jenner because... <laughs> You all know, if you watch season one of this after show, you know my relationship with Caitlyn through the TV. Give us like the 15 second wrap up for new fans. I always have a bone. I typically always have a bone to pick with her. I am happy for her for finally living in her truth and living life on her own terms. But as we saw in this episode and as we've seen in episodes prior, she can be problematic and, dare I say, even dangerous in some of the ways that she thinks. That's my opinion. I, I, she can be a little bit dangerous. Yeah, she... Uh, obviously, she could have transitioned in private and just, like, hid away for years. Yes. And choosing to do the, do this is one of, the, like, the bravest things ever. But there's just this faint air of obliviousness around her. And... and um, it's just, like, knowing who she is and, like, who the world is and how she comes across. It's especially how she on receives. The bus. It's yeah. how she receives the world. And it's, like... At first, during first season, I cut her just a little bit of slack because I know that she lived her life, 65 years of her life, as a white, upper-class, rich, white, you know, man. So it's kind of hard to kind of, I guess, switch the gaze onto, and when I say gaze, I don't mean the gaze, I mean gaze, (laughs) onto uh, being a trans woman. And so I cut her a little slack, but it should be noted, and I said this from day one, when I did Char Says So, my YouTube channel, as soon as it was announced, as soon as she sat down with Diane Sawyer, I have kind of maintained the fact that I don't trust Caitlyn Jenner. I do not fully trust her. And when I say that, I don't mean that I don't trust her as far as her trans identity. It's just... It's certain things I just don't trust that make me uneasy, I should say, about her. Don't trust her in the sense that you don't know why she would do this show. Or no, like it has intentions. nothing to do with the show. It has nothing it, it does have it does have to do with intentions. And I'm not saying that demonizing like her way of thinking. It's just um I see trans women who I believe are more deserving. Yeah. Of some of the things that she has access to. It's kind of like she still carries that like white privilege with her into her transness. Yeah. When there are plenty of trans women of color who have been doing the legwork and who are really representatives for the community. Because Caitlin was always saying last season, oh, I, you know, didn't necessarily sign up to be the poster child for trans people. But you kind of did based on your her social status and her status in pop culture. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I didn't sign up for this, but... I get celebrated in every facet. I get celebrated in every way, and I don't yeah. feel like that's fair. 
I, I think just going back to what you said about her being deserving of it, I think that with the people who like represent our communi- communities, we don't get to choose, and that stinks. And we need to like point out why they are not the perfect role model, but we can't like totally vilify them because mm-hmm. we don't get to choose those people. Yeah, and we if don't. Caitlin hadn't have done this and come out and like made it so public, how long would we have had to wait for the next person to do so? Yeah. Caitlin, what I did, what I will give Caitlin is she stirred up the conversation. And it does not matter if it was your grandma or your little seven year old cousin. Everyone knows who Caitlyn Jenner is, whether they know her from her Olympian yeah. days or they know her as the crazy dad from that one reality show on E. Everyone knows who she was, who yeah. she is. So when she did kind of come out, that literally every household, every household, whether they yeah. wanted to or not, was talking trans issues. Yeah. So in the that words I will give of, her. Yeah, in the words of Sarah Kate Ellis, head of GLAAD, now everyone in America slash the world knows a trans person. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the most powerful thing ever. Mm-hmm. To speak in hyperbole, if you will. Um, yeah, let's get to the show, though. They're doing the road trip as the premise for the entire show. They kind of did that last time too. Well, they like the baby sorta. road trip to like yeah. SF and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I fr- I have to say though, I miss I forget her last name, but Jen, the other um, she was in like the click last time. Yes, uh, I, I remember. What is Jen's last name? Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed now. But she created her story, the mm-hmm. web series. Uh, Jen I, I, Richards. Thank you. Oh, I was gonna be so embarrassed. She's best friends with uh, one of my other mentors, Angelica Ross. Yeah, so. they both created her story. Yes. It's an amazing web series. Check it out. It's on YouTube. You got to type in her story show. Not only is it directed and acted and written by tra- like trans people, uh, trans women. It was edited by a trans yep. woman. The music and the backgrounds by a trans. There's not a single hand on there. That's and it's a, a fantastic storyline. And the the yeah. episodes are free on YouTube. YouTube. There's six episodes, and they're short. They range in like seven minutes to thirteen yeah. uh, minutes in time, and they go by so fast it leaves you wanting more. Yeah. Like it, it was great. So, but yes. I, I miss Jen Richards' energy on the show. I do. Maybe she'll be back. Yeah, Who knows? We have, our fingers are crossed. <laughs> yeah, I miss Jen Richards too. Yeah, the road trip though. I just say like them being in this bus is just like the perfect formula for a reality show. It Tensions is. are high and they cannot escape anything. You cannot escape. And and it and conversations bound to happen because they can't listen to the radio. There are no portable DVD play. No one has access to a laptop right. or anything like that. So yeah, it's 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 a hot mess. And they can't just go in the corner and like read and like be to themselves. What I did like though within the first few minutes of this episode is when uh, Kendall and Kylie showed up. Did you? I loved that that moment that they had with uh, Jenny Boylan and when they were talking to Shandy about how, no, that's my dad. Like, Kylie was adamant about that. And she also, I liked how she kind of shed light on prior to Caitlyn coming out living her truth. There was a, it was a little rockiness between their relationship. And now... Everything has seemed to gel. And I follow Kylie on Snapchat. Caitlin's always on Kylie's Snapchat and trying out the lip kit and things like like that. As someone who is a fan of the Kardashians and not embarrassed to say so, um, (laughs) it seems like Kylie and Caitlin have the best relationship out of all of them. Yeah, I mean, like they are glued at the hip. I loved what she said. Like, it just feels more genuine now. Yeah. Yeah. And and I get that. It was just like a nice reminder for like the fans watching being like, look, Caitlyn's a Kardashian. Yeah. You should watch this. Don't forget. And then I like how Kendall uh, kind of shed light, even though I'm still a little skeptical on how she kind of emphasized how open and accepting our family is. And Why are you skeptical? I said it was just a little because I know that this wasn't an easy pill to swallow. And I know that I feel like now, today, everybody's okay with it. But those first few months, everybody wasn't okay with it. Of course. It. Right. I'm saying. Of course. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm saying th- that's what I'm saying. Gotcha. And I feel like they kind of paint this picture, and they have painted this picture. I feel like they've been honest to an extent where they've been like, you know, well, it was kind of hard. But I feel like they've kind of painted this picture, which they needed to have a united front for the public, that, oh, there's no problem. But I, in my mind, there were months and months and months of issues. Yes, of course. But I feel unf- like Especially it's unf- with Courtney. <laughs> I mean, issues with everyone. Um, just coming to terms with this. Uh, it took Caitlyn 65 years to yes. come to terms with this. Like, how long is it going to take the kids? And I find it unfortunate that they had to, like, let everyone know how they're doing. 
Yeah. They couldn't just like process this in private. It had to be well, a thing. Well, in fairness, this is the Kardashians, and yeah. they have made a living off of letting America into their living room. Yeah. They have made a living off of that. So you cannot, I really don't want to tell them what they can or can't do, but it's almost like you can't request your privacy in times like this because you've made your, your buck off of, that's how you have fans. Everyone's so open and honest. We know that, you know, Courtney's got the breast implants and we know when Kylie's crying over Tyga and we know when Scott's messing up and Lamar's on drugs. Like we, all of America who watches the show feels like we're like first cousins. Yeah. And I, like, no, we're I, like, we want to see uh, Saint. We want to see North. Like, I, we want to know yeah, what's going on. Yeah, and I agree. On. They signed up for this and like that was like what they gave away, but never in their wildest dreams that they ever that that like their father would be transitioning but you know Jeff that's it this is what you want this is what comes with it so yeah. you have to be prepared for every curveball and you can't really when you live your life like they do you can't really uh, request your privacy you just really yeah can't and and like props to them for not like shutting down the show and being like we need three months to think yeah. about it and just like they come to terms with it yeah. oh Chris one doing it you ain't messing up her coin <laughs> we gotta keep this engine rolling I, know. I will say though obviously I'm the Kate Bornstein fan of the show I just like expounded well, on said, that who are you yeah when, what's your name wh- who, no what's your name and then when did you know that you were a girl okay I think that that question made sense I'm like assuming here within the larger conversation that they were having at that house over like the couple hours and then like the editors just cut that edit- really awkwardly yeah, yeah it was very very awkward I blame that I, on I, the edit I see that too I see. That. I don't feel like Kate just swung out the gate like so hey nice to meet you when did you know you were a girl yeah I yeah. feel like they were over there for quite some time they're so. making her like the crazy auntie where she is out there and I love that about her but she, I don't like think eclectic she's like and eccentric yeah <laughs> also being a large Kate Bornstein fan I think they definitely like updated and toned some things down with her wardrobe. She oh, really? wears these like fantastic bell bottoms and like crazy she brown leather vests. She reminds me of vests. Diane Keaton a little bit. Yeah. She gives me a little bit of Diane Keaton meets Andre 3000. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. No, I just think they definitely like changed her wardrobe for the show. Um, just maybe it was coming on like too strong with everything else, unfortunately. Mm. But I mean, that's the reality TV of it all. It is. You gotta right? watch the colors and patterns you wear and things like that. I know. Um, we gotta go into one of the biggest topics of the show. Okay. Are you ready for it? I am. Dating. Mm. Caitlin very much avoided any labels of heterosexuality, homosexuality, lesbians, but it was a big shocker to hear that she is interested in dating women, and I cannot help but think that that is like the shame of being trans, that it took so long to come to terms with being a trans woman and that she can't bear to be a trans lesbian woman. Does that I mean, sound that, horrible? That, that is, no, that sounds about accurate. Every interview that I did, because I did a lot of interviews regarding Kate last year. I did radio interviews and everything because it was like, as soon as Kate did this, it was like, oh, let's, we need to find someone who's trans so we can da 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 So I always called her. I, I, that's why I always admired her story because she brings something very different to the table with being white, older, conservative, rich, Lesbian, father of ten with three failed marriages. Who, who would have thought? Who I couldn't make this up. No. So I always labeled her a lesbian, which isn't really fair because I'm not really a fan of labels. Too. It's not to fair because she hasn't labeled herself. Right. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't know that because oh. she was not. Oh, I think at the time I was doing these interviews, we didn't even know her name is Caitlin. That was before the Vanity Fair. Oh, you've been out. on the circuit for a while. Yes, because <laughs> when she sat down with Diane Sawyer, she made it clear that she never was interested in men. Yeah. So I took that and ran with it. So she's a lesbian. Yeah. And that's fine because it lets people, it bounces back to her story show on YouTube. There are trans lesbians. We see that with Violet, who's Jen Richards' character. There are trans lesbians. So I thought that that was interesting, but I also like how she said that she's never like looked at guys or entertained the idea of dating a guy, but she does appreciate the chivalrous aspect of it. She does like the idea of having doors open for her and, and having kind of like this protector yeah that sounds lovely (laughs) I mean who wouldn't I guess I was reading into the shame of it because she said that she can't imagine like any uh, uh, a a woman being attracted to her and Mm -hmm. I just to me that is like well you're a a beautiful woman if you're into women then women will like be into you I um it's it's a tricky subject it is and I feel like only Kate can answer that question I I don't feel like we can um 
psychoanalyze that because we don't even know where to start with that conversation. No. I can then, imagine being in those shoes. Yeah. And then just like statistically, the facts are so like out there because like studies are so hard on this kind of thing. But about 50% of trans people after they transition, their sexual preferences also change. And that's a large number. Hmm. Fifty percent. That is, I never knew that statistic. It's like it's a very loose everyone one I know just has been fairly consistent. Really? If they liked penis before transitioning, they like penis. <laughs> then they post love transition, it. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, no. Yeah, no. I mean, I have uh, quite a few friends who um, maybe their preference didn't switch, but their preference opened up. Okay. As well, but um, it's just like a wild fact that I uh, read. That I'm gonna find out where I read that. Just, I mean, it's so hard to track too. Mm-hmm. But. Um, this discussion, though, that they were having in the bus led into the wider discussion just against, like, the stigma against dating trans women. And I was yeah. not expecting that. Yeah. Just to be addressed head on. I was going to say before we, and I actually have this jotted down in my notes, before we reached the end of the episode, I had gotten so excited that Caitlin wasn't being dismissive and uh. presumptuous and an asshole. But then when I finished the end of the episode, I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to the politics and part pretentious, of it. but yeah. yeah, I really liked uh, the the dating aspect. I love when Shandy asked her, "Does she consider herself lesbian?" She didn't know how to pinpoint it. Um, and then when Jenny and the girl sat down at the diner or whatever, and even Jenny, just to kind of piggyback off of what I just said, even Jenny was uh, sharing with the group that she was surprised that Caitlyn wasn't dismissive. She was surprised that Caitlyn was open to that discussion as far as who uh, she's attracted to. Yeah. So I think speak. it's so um, uniquely personal in the sense of like politics covers so many people, including herself. Yeah. But this like love issue, it's like up to her entirely. And I'm glad that her and Candace put their uh, relationship rumors to rest because I never believed it. And I'm glad that they kind of, I feel like they played it up, of course, for the media. Yeah. But um, I'm glad that they kind of like made light of it. Like, yeah, we're just friends. Like trans women have girlfriends, like a, a girlfriend type thing. Like it ain't nothing like that. But yeah. they definitely played into that narrative last season. And I think the producers are good about knowing like, hey, Candace is coming over. Let's address this issue mm-hmm. for the cameras. Right. Right. And then um, how cute was Zachary saying goodbye to her boyfriend? I know. On the front step. I know. I love Zachary. I love, love, love Zachary. I know. She's one of the producers for Transparent. Yes. Too. She hooked my. She hooked your girl up on two episodes. <laughs> I love her. She's such a sweetheart. She's always, every time I'm um, around her, she's always just so warm and inviting. Like, she's, she's amazing. I yeah. love her. Yeah, and I love what Kate Bornstein said, though, just about, like, the world is changing. Yeah, because it is. It really is. And not, like, I'm from, like, North Carolina, so I come from, like, th- assuming everyone is, has the smallest and most closed mind, the closest of minds mm-hmm. <laughs> possible. And so for Zachary's boyfriend to be saying goodbye to him, her, for Zachary's boyfriend to be saying goodbye and him to be sitting on the steps and being like on camera mm-hmm. like that's the first step in and being not like, giving yes, a damn I'm dating a trans woman yep. and it's fine yeah because I mean it's not it, it's nothing to be ashamed of it's nothing to be ashamed of but I always say it takes a very secure man to date a trans woman now what I did uh notice is I had to shout out Candace because girl I identify with you when Zachary was talking to Ella and Ella was like oh my boyfriend's amazing and Candace is like I'm like the old curmudgeon who doesn't have a man I was like oh my god I feel you on another level because I don't have a man either. <laughs> okay you're not old I mean I know but I haven't had a boyfriend in a long, long, long time. I've dated, yes. I go on, I've been on some nice dates, but I just, it just never is there. They always, it's always some dumb stuff on their end that so I'm just like, Mm-mm. If anyone's watching and listening, what's your Twitter handle again? That's probably the best <laughs> way to contact you, right? Watch it, go <laughs> rewind. But I also like what, what went hand in hand with Candace talking about she was single is how Kate uh, Bornstein, that's yeah. how you pronounce her last name, she, I really like how she opened up the, conversation about chasers yes because I talk about this a lot if you all have ever been to a kiss and tell it's a panel discussion that I do. I'm actually moderating moderating one excuse me on Sunday um, downtown LA at the downtown independent from two to five but um, it's something that's heavily talked about because a lot of chasers are demonized and I'm one of the women leading the charge in that so to speak only because my within my personal experience it has been a perversion um, it hasn't been 
you chasing me to get to know me or respect me as a human being or get to know me on another level. It has been a perversion, like, oh, ooh, you're different. So, you know, let me get you in my bed or whatever. So, but I really like how she, her and, and Jenny Boylan yeah. were talking about how it's not our responsibility. It's not trans women's responsibility, so to speak, to, uh, to kind of let the world know that loving us isn't anything to be ashamed of. Yeah. It's the men who love us. It's kind of their responsibility, but that is a huge cross to bear. I'm not making excuses or anything. No, of course. I think on either end, it's a huge cross to bear, but trans women are already, so many of us are already meeting the rubber where it meets the road and doing the legwork. So if you're sharing, if we're sharing beds and, you know, sharing a refrigerator and groceries and stuff, if you are my boyfriend, you need to love me unapologetically and Fearlessly, And that may be a lot to ask because of the social stigma that comes with dating trans women. But it's some, it's very, very near, uh, necessary. Excuse me. Yeah. It's very, very necessary. Hugely so. What, when you are meeting somebody or going on a date, uh, do you feel like you need to like reveal that you're like trans right away? You know, it's different, different guys. Okay. I, I don't like to play with my safety. But uh, How could you? I do, because some girls do like to play. Some girls do play Russian roulette, not me. But it all depends. Like, if I meet you at a bar and you buy me a drink, I'm not going to be like, oh, by the way. <laughs> like, no. Right. But um, typically, it just depends on the guy and the way that the conversation is going. Because what I always say is, it's not a secret. It's just not your business. And I really do live by that. You didn't know about me. Jeff didn't know about me until the, the holiday party. We got to talking at the holiday party, and you were like, wait, you're trans. So. I did not say that. <laughs> yes, you did. Do you not remember? I remember. I we were over there, and the drinks were flowing, and we got to talking. Yeah, no, I remember you told me. Yes. So you didn't need, So that's my thing. It's not a secret. It's just not your business. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And while we're, I absolutely agree. I have nothing like more to add to that. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So date, but dating is very, very tricky. But the way that I chalk it up is a lot of men are giving cisgender women a hard time. A lot of men are giving other gay men or gay men a hard time. So what makes me think, not to be cynical, but what makes me think that I'm going to meet my Prince Charming on the next date? And I'm not a hopeless romantic. I'm a realist. Yeah. But I don't beat myself up about it, and I'm certainly not going to uh, uh, blame my transness on why I'm single. Because I have plenty of cisgender counterparts and plenty of, you know, gay or whatever, what have you, counterparts who are fighting that fight too. So it's not much. It, we're, it's it's um, we're getting into a tangent, but LA is a hard place. It's fine. Listen, <laughs> listen. That's why part of me wanted to like to hit Candace and be like, you dated what's his name for eight years? Mm -hmm. Like you're not even you're not like the old aunt. But I I thought that that was really really important to um, discuss with Candace and with the whole chaser. I hope that they explore the, uh, chaser conversation even more. Cause that was interesting how Caitlin was kind of, she said that she was at a hotel in Orlando and was kind of charged up oh, yeah. by a guy who was literally like chasing her in the lobby. Like, Hey, you're a trans woman. I love trans women. Like that's so like, what? Get away from me. Ew. Yeah, and, and yeah, and of course, no one wants to be fetishized, and they shouldn't oh, be. Oh hell no! But, or objectified, right? And then on the opposite end of it too, it's like why judge these men too? Like yeah, but but if it's, they need better tactics and better like yes, ways of going but about if you it. feel within your personal, you know, whatever personal frame, if you feel that this is coming from a perversion standpoint. I'm judging. No, of course. I'm judging. And that, and like. Because for me, if someone were to run up and be like, oh my God, you're a trans, I love trans women. I look at that as the same as, oh my God, you're a black woman. I love black women. Like what does that, to me, it automatically walks the fine line of being fetishized. Well, Because I'm so much more than a black woman. Yes, I'm black. That's the irrefutable fact. Of course. And like all <laughs> the, <laughs> by the way, I'm all like, and like fetish aside, like you don't approach somebody like that. Exactly. Like you ain't got no home training if you out here approaching people like that. Yeah. Um, we got to move on. We're, we got to talk about politics, but before we Jesus. do, I want to mention my least favorite part of the show. Okay. Do you want to guess what it was? I can't even imagine, honestly. Chandy on the bus. Yeah, that was a, a waste of uh, airtime. Yeah, Chandy got stuck on this bus, stuck, quote unquote. 
they, she finally finds her way out and they're halfway through dinner. Nobody was looking for her. The producers didn't see. The cameramen were like wondering where this so cast member was. It just felt like silly and just like... Like she sat down. I mean, they sat down. And by the time she got on the bus, people were mid-meal. I mean, yeah. by the time she got to the table, people were mid-meal. And I'm like, so you mean to tell me that we're on a on a road trip with seven other people? Wait, I'm sorry. Seven other people and a crew of people. And a crew of people. And I get off. And I know that Jeff is on the bus, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to order. And, and then mid-fry, mid-chomp through fry, I'm like, has anyone seen Jeff? Yeah, I was just like, give us more credit <laughs> as the viewer. Seriously. Like, smarter storylines. Like the Kardashians wouldn't even pull a stunt like that. They, it would be a little bit more elaborate. <laughs> it would. Okay, we got to talk about uh, Kate's politics. This was an... <sighs> I, I... 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 I'm a ma- I support what Caitlyn does. I think she is changing the world. I think that she's not changing it as fast <laughs> because of these issues. But when she talks like this, I don't it's know dangerous. how. It's dangerous. I don't know how you argue with her because she is so firm in her beliefs. Now, see, this is my thing with Caitlyn. I'm all for having a discussion, a debate, what have you, a spirited conversation. Yeah. But I cannot, I and I will not, have a conversation with someone who shuts down and who is dismissive. And that is a sign of not only insecurity, but immaturity, in my opinion. And Caitlyn can be very immature. We saw this with uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Kris Jenner has been saying this for you, as far as Caitlyn being kind of stubborn and and firm and unwilling to budge. Like, we even saw this when at the end of last season when Kris and Caitlyn sat down with each other, um, which made me team Kris in that. And you all can take that how you want to. But... Um, it, it, it's very, very, very frustrating yeah. to watch uh, Caitlyn and her delusions. And then to they're debating and to say that this is this is not a big issue, like just equality overall, including trans rights. Like how that's not a big issue for you because of your Malibu mansion, exactly. literal Malibu mansion on top of a hill with no neighbors. Yeah, that's why it's not an issue for you. It's just so. Listen, Kate is trying her hardest. She is, like, if she's in this bubble of celebrity and she's looking down, trying to help those below her, but she's only looking so far as the middle class. She's not looking beyond that to, like, poorer people and, like, mm-hmm. the less fortunate. So for her to not think that, like, trans women of color being killed on the street is an issue mm-hmm. and to think that they just need jobs is a better thing, like, it all comes from a great place. It's she so wants to give them jobs. But how can it's they get trash. jobs when they're, like, when they're not When this here? is a marginalized and oppressed community, you can't debate that. No. Trans women of color are typically in marginalized and oppressed communities. That's just what it is, okay? And Caitlin... There's no getting through to her. And that's what really pissed me off, especially like what you were saying when she was saying that LGBT issues are not a big issue for her political party. The economy is. But it's not a big issue. Like Jenny was like, okay, we got 15 people, 15 Republicans running for president, and none of them has said anything regarding trans rights or whatever, but, you know, for the progression, but they've said anti-things. Right. So it's just like, I just, I don't see where she's coming from, and I'm not interested in seeing where she's coming from, honestly. I, I, Because it's hogwash to me. Like, like you said, though, like, how do you argue with her when she's this firm in her beliefs? And what really pissed me off was the introduction to the conversation. Uh, Jenny Boylan had uh, mentioned that there was some um, ordinance was in Houston that was yeah. repealed. Yeah. And, like, I guess the people that were repealing it, their main tagline was, we don't want men in dresses in the bathroom. And Caitlyn set her... I'm going to try to refrain from using profanity. Caitlyn set set up there and said, for her to say that she agrees with that lets me know where she is. And it lets me know that I'm not interested in, quote, unquote, saving or helping her. Like, I would not... If Caitlyn Jenner came in studio right now, we would have to talk about everything under the sun except for politics. I'll hold because you back. I would I would get too passionate. Like, how dare... Do you not realize that there is a section of America that does not respect you as a trans woman and they look at you as Bruce in a dress? And for you to say that you agree with that? And do you understand that you have privilege? That's what Caitlyn does not understand, I don't think. Like, there's a, a, a joke within the community that's a 
as old as time. You're either a crockpot girl or a microwave girl. Crockpot girls, you put you got to put us on for a few years and we simmer into perfection. Microwave girls, you just throw the ingredients in a bowl, stick them in a microwave, and in a minute they're done. Caitlin had the privilege of having access to resources that most trans people don't. Most trans people can't just wake up one day, sit down with Diane and have access to a, a bank account that'll allow them to get facial feminization surgery and gender reassignment surgery and breast implants and all of this, all of these things that Caitlin had access to. And she's not looking at that aspect. Strip all of that away. Strip all of that classism and all of that nonsense away. And if if Bruce, I'm going to say Bruce for context, if Bruce had never went on to become this Olympian and this celebrity, but still was trans, she wouldn't think this way. Yeah. For them to repeal this act that was like supporting equality across, I think, was it Houston or Dallas? It, it was, was Houston. Houston. It was Houston. And for them to say that they... If for LGBTQ, all people, and they used no men in the women's bathroom, and then for her as the slogan to get it repealed, and for her first response to say, I agree mm-hmm. with no men in the women's bathroom, it's like, you're you're missing the point. Yes. You're missing the point that they're using like, like stigma against you, you to repeal she, quality. I feel like, Caitlin, when you have a certain amount of money, you can put blinders up and you can, can afford to live in a bubble, and I feel like that's exactly what she does. And I also feel... She's just extremely problematic. And like I said, her way of thinking is very, very, very dangerous. Yeah. It just, it is. And I, it should be noted that she has recently come out and said that she would love, uh, she hasn't endorsed Ted Cruz, but she wants to be the trans ambassador for Ted Cruz. And this is someone who called the bathroom law or something like that, called it lunacy, called it, called it crazy. Ted- Hold on, I have a screenshot from uh, theguardian.com. Um, yeah, he called it. Last year, the Texas senator called the federal government support for gender-neutral bathrooms for trans students lunacy. He also did not support trans people being in the military, calling it that the military is not a cauldron of social experiments. Mm. That is who she's aligning herself with. Mm, it's mm, just mm. like the most irresponsible thing I've ever heard. Because why is she doing this? Because trans issues aren't big issues. And trans issues, tonight. I feel like she feels trans issues aren't her issue. She, I feel like she feels, I feel honestly that she relates to an extent. Caitlin is not a very empathetic person. She's just not. I, I, mean, I don't see it. To the people in front of her, in the front of her face and on her bus, she is massively empathetic, I believe. But she just can't see beyond that. Which is, like I said, it's problematic. Yeah. It's extremely problematic. And it does not make sense. And I cannot believe that she um, was really trying to not make this a Republican-Democratic <laughs> thing with the very foundation of her and Jenny's conversation was those two political parties. Zachary even interjected and was like, hey, you know, most Democrats, you never really hear about Democrats going out of their way to be anti-trans. A lot of Democrats you know, are for trans people. Yeah. And it was. It should be noted that Jenny Boylan also mentioned, which is very important, depending on where you live, det- unfortunately determines your quality of life if you are trans. Yeah. That is the way that the cookie crumbles. Whether you're, you know, in Dubuque, Montana, or you are in Ocean Township, New Jersey, like, it determines your quality, it determines your access to hormones, if that's what you want to do. It, it, it determines sometimes your survival. If you can just be who you are and step out of the house unapologetically in a red lip and a, and a LBD, you know, a little black dress, and go out to a club, and it determines, literally... Yeah. Your your quality of life, and that's disgusting. So I do uh, agree and appreciate what Jenny was saying as far as mo- more nationwide laws need to be passed as it pertains to trans issues. And I shared last season on the after show with Danica about how I even struggled in California, but Chicago was a cakewalk as far as uh, legal paperwork and things like that. Really? And I thought that, that was so interesting because coming from Chicago, I'm like, oh, L.A., it's so liberal. Like, yeah. it should be. But no, L.A. still has locked down, like, a lot of, it, it's a lot of conservative things. And that's why I go on to say, not to keep going on, but I go on to say that I also don't think that the T should be a part of the acronym. A real Of LGBT? Yes. Why not? I feel like the T is the cousin of the L and the G and the B. Because the L and the G and the B are 
typically their sexual orientations. T is not a sexual orientation. You can no, be I a agree. transgender lesbian. You can be transgender and gay. You can be transgender and bisexual. You can be, you know, so it doesn't really go. I feel like that's an old school thing. Like, oh, let's just group them all together. But it's two totally different. Like I said, it's like the cousin. It's not the sister. It's the cousin. And and I get that the LGB has stereotypically ignored the T. Oh, but hell yeah. I think that they're all one and the same because uh, many trans people grow up like thinking like that they're gay. Like, yes. Because that's how they're trans. socialized. Yeah. That's how we're socialized. You you are socialized that you are a boy, and if you like boys, then you're gay. And it's only until your personal walk and when you really start admitting things to yourself and looking around and saying, I'm actually nothing like these people. Yeah. That you realize, you know, a lot of the times that, oh, I'm trans. So, but yeah, there was, Chicago, like I said, was a cakewalk. I'm shocked to hear that. Usually, uh, California is like leading like liberal initiatives. Like yeah. That. Like I said, you would think, but California gave me the hardest time getting adjusted. Wow. And I, I get what you said about like LGB. I, et cetera, et cetera, being sexuality versus gender. But I, I, I support the grouping together. I think we like need to stand proud and tall and together mm-hmm. in this like a bigger mass of numbers. I get that like sometimes they don't stand together, but I think that but that is But we typically don't. And, and the thing that kind of really gets under my skin is when I meet transphobic gay men. Because that is a thing. Whether you all are privy to that information or not, that is definitely it, a thing. It baffles me. And it's really, really big. Go to West Hollywood. It's really, really... Some of the things that are said, some of the looks, some of the quote-unquote jokes um, I, that I've witnessed, not firsthand, but as a third party, you know, out from the outside looking in, it's there are plenty of transphobic gay men. And I don't even know if a lot of them even realize the the... The, the damage that they're doing. Um, I, I cannot speak for that, but um, I do not think they do. Yeah. I think it's unfortunate, but uh, like Kate Bornstein said on the episode, like things are changing. They are, slowly but surely. Yeah. It is a new day. It's better than it was five years ago. It's definitely better than it was 10 years ago and so forth. Yeah. So slowly but surely things are changing, but... It's hard. It, it is, and it's it's not easy, <laughs> especially when you present in multiple identities. I, and I just, I think about, like, all of, like, the, the trans people, like, that are killed in this, like, anti-trans violence, and then I think about, like, the high school kids, like, mm-hmm. the Leela Alcorns who, like, take their own lives mm-hmm. because it's just too hard. And for Kate not to acknowledge that and, like, to give that meaning... It just well, I feel like she acknowledged it. Like at one point, I was like really excited because she mentioned the murder. Because it, typically, it's a lot of women, trans women of color, that are killed, unfortunately. And she said she mentioned something about it during her Diane Sawyer interview when she accepted her Arthur Ashe Award um, at the ESPYS. She mentioned something about it, but I feel like these are just footnotes for her because she's only drawing from her own frame of reference. And I feel like it, this, this is something that she never paid attention to because. Like I said, even prior to her medically transitioning and coming out, she never anonymously, you know, maybe wrote a check. Like the money with Kate, I mean, the 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 power with Caitlyn a lot is financially. Yeah. She never secretly, you know, to our knowledge or that she's admitted to, you know, given to certain charities or certain causes. And I feel like as far as it comes to black trans women, and I'm just going to say trans women of color because it's not all about black, but um, trans women of color, the, their issues are a footnote, a literal footnote to Caitlyn. It's not something that yeah. concerns her at all. And it's kind of, uh, I, I think Ella is a great addition to the show, but I find it a little bit unfortunate that Ella is so beautiful and passes so, so well. So beautiful, yes. Because I think that Kate needs to see people who don't pass so well and don't yeah. conform uh, um, to like the norms yes. and to know that that exists and how hard it is for them. It very it, Yes. Yes. And I feel like she has because she went to focus groups and, and um, I forgot the name of that organization that she went to last year like in, in San, San Diego. Francisco. Yeah, uh, or San Francisco, one of them. But she's went and done little things. But like I said, I just feel like all of that is a footnote to her because at the end of the day, Caitlin is a very um at the end of the day, she's supporting Ted Cruz. And she's, a, she's all about looks. That transgender is more than a concept that she, doesn't exist. But she's all about looks, too, because she has gone on record to saying the hardest thing about being a woman is picking out what she's going to wear for the day. 
which which shows me that she knows absolutely nothing about womanhood. The okay. least controversial thing about Caitlyn Jenner is that she's trans. Yes, it's just like mind-boggling. Someone said that. You know, I got to shout out Chernobyl. Um, she wrote an article. It's on Char says so the Facebook page. Um, for medium.com or something like that. But she said that. Really? She said that the most controversial thing is her political view. She said, take a look at Caitlyn's Instagram comments. People aren't really trolling her for being trans. They're trolling her about her extremely conservative <laughs> views. It's all me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's so, so true, though. Like, those the things that she says. I'm like, oh, my God, Caitlyn. It's unreal. It really is unreal. I know. We got to wrap it up. Uh, we saw Hillary Clinton in the preview for next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just, I don't know what well, to Well, no, expect. that was the, that was the season teaser. Oh, was that the season? This Excuse season me. on I Am Kate. Oh, I hope they don't save her for a finale. They probably will. And I thought that that was interesting. It also should be noted that, you know, Caitlyn, did you know she's a Mac girl? Yeah, I think it's brand new. Yeah, it is brand new. There's no release date, but she joins the likes of... Nicki Minaj and Rihanna and Lady Gaga. She has her own Viva Glam lipstick, and it's going to be named, I think, Finally Free. Yeah, it's going to be named Finally Free. The ad looks like... It, was it shot by Annie Leibovitz? Because it looks very Vogue. Oh, I don't know. But, I, 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 like, I feel like we've been like dragging on Caitlyn, but then the like the opposite end of the spectrum, I just imagine like all of the little trans girls looking up at these MAC ads and seeing that it's a trans woman. Yes. And that that's amazing. Proceeds are going to go to the AIDS Fund Transgender Initiative. So that is something good. But and like I said, in my opinion, and it's not sour grapes, but in my opinion, it could have went. I get marketing. Oh, we're going to do Caitlyn because it's more lucrative. But personally, I think Laverne should have been the girl for this. I think that we are hard on Caitlyn because she has the opportunity to change and save so many lives. And she doesn't use it. She's and trying, the finances. but not quite successfully. And the finances. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So not to be in, all in her pockets, but yeah. And I still maintain, like I said, Laverne Cox would have been perfect for this lipstick. Laverne got the good lips. <laughs> and Laverne she, is next. And Laverne is typically, but she shouldn't be next. She should be the first. Laverne is beloved as well. She is our beloved actress, and Laverne speaks for the community a lot of the time. Laverne reps for the kids, honey. So she would have been perfect for this uh, Viva Glam Laverne has become a fashion icon also. Yes. Shout out to her publicist. (laughs) Yes, I love Laverne Cox. But yeah, so, I mean, like I said, there's certain things that come with uh, Caitlyn's uh, privilege yeah. and her po- her politics literally gave me just a minor headache tonight, like that whole thing because I could see the passion behind Jenny Boylan and 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 with Zachary yeah. and everyone was saying and she just was so dismissive and combative and pretentious and all those you know all those fun adjectives and it was disgusting to watch. And we're only talking about trans women, uh, not intentionally. So we'll shout out, let's say Ian Harvey. He is a uh, trans male comedian and he has uh, the very first TV special coming. Out this year on TV. Well, wow, I didn't know a that. Trans comedian. I didn't know. He was that. in season one of Transparent. Okay. He was like the like really butch guy that the youngest daughter went out with. And, like they had a cabin. Okay. In the okay. Woods. Yeah. 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 Really funny guy. Okay. That that's that is amazing. Yeah. Trans men don't get discussed as much as trans I know. women. But there's a social stigma that trans men have it easier. I don't make that call. This is just what I see on the Twitter. Trans men typically have it easier than trans women. We're making women. no firm statements right now. I mean, don't jump in my mentions because I didn't say it. I'm, I'm telling you all what I've read on, on the internet. Okay, um, we're not going to do an official prediction, but what are you looking forward to for the show? I'm looking forward to exactly what Jenny and Shandy said at the beginning within the first five minutes. They want to go on this trip to remove Caitlyn from her comfort zone and kind of push her ways of thinking. So what I want to see, what I would really, really like to see from this entire series is Caitlyn to come out a new woman. Now, in a perfect world, that would happen. But considering they've wrapped filming and just two days ago she's come out in support of Ted Cruz, it's kind of like, ugh. But um, I'm looking forward to more growth because we saw a lot of growth um, last season, and I'm looking to more growth, more experiences, more Kardashian-like shenanigans. I love, by the way, I love when the Kardashians are on the show. I love when Kim drops by. I'm going to love, you all know that Chris is my favorite. I'm going to love the episodes that Chris is in. Like, I already know. In my head, I'm going to love them. So that's what I'm looking forward to. What about okay. you? Um, just going off the exact same thing, I... 
uh, it bothers me to no end that Caitlyn thinks that Ted Cruz is gonna like welcome her with open arms. I would love to see a Ted Cruz response to this, but um, he hasn't said it. It's been out for days, I and he know. has not responded. Um, but that Trump is... would have. <laughs> Trump would have welcomed her, and be. <laughs> I can't say I can't talk with Trump. Please, but, um, yeah, please. Uh, I just what you said about like the team of women that they have assembled. It is just like the greatest group of like trans advisors they could have done. Jennifer Finley Boylan, her book, She's Not There and uh, Stuck in the Mill. There, I think she was the first trans author to re- have like a New York Times bestseller. Ooh. And if that's not true, then she's the first trans author to have a New York Times bestselling memoir. <laughs> a little okay. more specific. But one of those. Um, she's a professor. She's fascinating. Kate Bornstein, uh, Chandy. I think that they could not have like teamed up a better team of women. And to see this many trans people on screen at the same time is revolutionary. It, no, it really is. And I yeah, and I, don't I think E is handling it really because I was a little scared at first, but I feel like E is handling this delicately and it, but it, there's still it's educational, but it's entertaining as well and that's important. And I have to remember too we live in LA. <laughs> you are trans. Mm-hmm. You know a lot of what they're talking about. Uh, but and not to like drag Middle America, but Middle America who doesn't know a trans person. I'm hoping that they like are flipping the channels and watch this or think because they know. in my in my um one of my ideas is that everyone has interacted with a trans person at some point in their life. But just recently, within the past decade or so, trans women have become more visible because a lot of the times the trans women that passed, so to speak, passed the cisgender, they lived in stealth. No one knew their business except for their partner. They could live and live, quote unquote, normal lives and no one knew their business. It would be the girls that were, quote, I'm using quotes, that were clocky. That's a street term for, oh, I can tell that she's trans. You know, she looks trans. Those were the girls that people, that's why people feel like they can tell when they see a trans person. And then that's why they ended up being like, what? You're trans to so many people. So. Yeah. And I I feel like everyone, like I said, especially middle America, that you've interacted with a trans person, whether you know it or not, you have. Yeah. We're, (laughs) we're like dragging specific important things about Caitlin for the middle America group. I think this is going to be just amazing. Yeah, if they watch, I, I would love to see the demographic. I have no idea if they would watch. <laughs> like, what is the what is E's projected target audience as far as age, race, gender, and then who's really tuning in as far as age, race, and gender? Well, the genius of the show is that every time ratings fall, they just bring out like a Kim Kardashian, they bring out Kanye, yeah. and yeah. people flock back for it. So I think it's fantastic. We gotta go, but we're gonna really find you till next time. Oh, oh, I'm like, where can they find me? Hold on now. What is your address, Char? Okay, I'm like, wait a minute. Of course you all can find me at Char Says So on everything. Email me at Char Says So at gmail.com. Char Says So.com. Um, yeah, everything. Twitter, Facebook, everything. Fantastic. And I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1. And we love interacting with you throughout the week. So feel free to tweet us. You can comment and subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 